Thank you, Rabbi Wolf. And thank you all for having me join you this afternoon. Um, as Rabbi Wolf mentioned as I was walking into the room, obviously this topic is a great one and a heavy one, a difficult one, that I don't know that anyone has the uh, authority to fully address. And yet, whenever we're faced with any situation, we turn to the Torah, which is our guidebook given by us, given to us by Hashem, to help us deal on how to look and how to approach any situation in life. This past month has not been an easy month for anyone, um, in Klal Yisrael, the Jewish people, for the world really, but especially for the Jewish people in Israel, and for all of us. We're in pain, thinking about the horrific loss, losses that we endured. We're shocked, we're upset, and we look for how do we deal, and how do we approach um, the situation. So I, I put together a couple of thoughts here, and really to break it down, I want to touch on, in the time that we have, seven points. Seven points that come to mind when we're dealt, or when we're dealing with such a difficult situation to deal with, like being at war in the land of Eretz Yisrael today, an ongoing situation. So, the first point that comes to mind is emuna, is faith, is belief. Belief in Hashem. As Jews, we always come back to our basic belief in Hashem, which means that we believe that everything that happens in the world, Hashem is behind it, involved in it, orchestrating it, and that no one else has any ability over us or over anything. Of course, we have terrible enemies out there who do terrible things and have to be dealt with. But we don't believe that they are the ones who control what happened, what happens, and what will happen. Ultimately, there's a master of the world, a creator of the world, who is in full control of whatever happened and whatever will happen. We're not controlled by our enemies. We're not controlled by our friends. We have very good friends in the world. You know, the United States of America has come out so beautifully on the side of Eretz Yisrael supporting us, and that's wonderful. And yet we don't put our trust or faith in them either. Our enemies don't control the world, and our friends don't control the world. And even we don't control the world with our soldiers and our army who are wonderful and we daven for them every day, but our faith is not in them either. Not our enemies, not our friends, not our soldiers. We recognize, as, as, as Jewish people, as ma'aminim, as believers, we believe that Hashem controls the world. And that's the thing to always come back to and always to remember. I had a powerful moment. My grandmother of blessed memory passed away last year. She was 98 years old. She was a Holocaust survivor who lost so much in the war. She lost her parents and her sisters and her family. Um, her husband was a Holocaust survivor on Schindler's List, my grandfather, and he lost a big family. He lost actually his wife and children and then remarried to my grandmother. So it's a, a family of Holocaust survivors. And I remember I was sitting with my grandmother of blessed memory. It was in 1990. And then also Israel was under tremendous threat. And Saddam Hussein said he was going to send chemical warfare against Israel. And everyone was nervous. And I was sitting with her and I said, Bobby, I said, we're worried, we're nervous. So she said, why are you worried? 
I said, because this, this enemy and this terrible person is threatening to do, who, to do who knows what to Israel. And she says, he doesn't control the world. He says, Hashem controls the world. So he said, and this to me was so powerful coming from someone who had experienced such loss and would have every reason to be really concerned based on her experience. And yet her emunah, her faith was unshaken. And when we have that faith, when we come back to that, we recognize there's only one entity in control. So I think that's the first thing as a yid to always remember, Hashem is in control, was in control, is in control, and will be in control. And we're in His hands. Number two. The second thing that comes to mind is, another Hebrew word in addition to emuna is bitachon. Bitachon means not only to believe in Hashem, but that I have faith in Hashem, I feel security in Hashem, that He is going to make it good. And that's what bitachon means. Not only I believe Hashem is in control, but I place my full security that He will take care of us. He has taken care of us and will take care of us. And I'm confident that He'll take care of us. There's a beautiful Yiddish saying that was said over by the Rebbe in the name of the previous Rebbe's that was Tracht gut, vet sein gut. Which means that we should think positively, think that yes, it's going to be good, it's going to work out. Sometimes it's more difficult than others. Sometimes we're in pain, and yet we have to be able to think and say, Hashem is in control, and He will help. And He will save us, and He will bring about the victory that we're expecting, and we know will come, because we're in Hashem's hands. There's a beautiful Pasuk in Tehillim that says, Becha batchu avoyseinu. Our, our ancestors always place their security in you. They were never ashamed because Hashem comes through for us as He has time and time again. Now I know Rabbi Wolf asked me to come here to speak and he didn't ask me to come here to sing. But if he'll allow me for one, for a few seconds, the niggin. That means that they place the security in you, and you save them. They cried out to you, and you save them. They put their faith in you, and you didn't let them be shamed. So on top, in addition to our emunah, in addition to belief that Hashem is in control, we put our trust in Hashem our confidence that He will help us and He will save us. That's number two. Number three is to remember that we are loved, that Hashem loves us. He loves all of His creation, but He especially loves His own children. The Pasuk says, B'ni b'chayri Yisrael. When Hashem, when God sends Moshe Rabbeinu to Paro, He says, release my nation, they're my children. I take care of them. I love them. Later the Torah says, Banim atem Hashem your children to Hashem. The Holy Bashem Tov said that the love that Hashem feels for each and every one of His children, for each and every person of Klal Yisrael, is like the love of an elderly couple that never had children and finally had one child. 
That's the type of a love that Hashem feels for every one of Klal Yisrael. We have to feel that. We have to feel loved by Hashem and therefore cared for by Hashem. The Ramban, Nachmanides, in a very famous debate that he had, was asked, what's the proof to the continuity of the Jewish people? How do you know that Hashem really loves you? And Nachmanides said, the proof that we're here. Thousands of years of exile, persecution, being so many nations who tried to wipe us off the map time and time again, and yet we're so very much here. That's the proof for our special connection to Hashem, said Nachmanides almost a thousand years ago. And now we're a thousand years later, and look how the Jewish people have flourished in every corner of the world. What greater expression is there to Hashem's love for us? So if we have A, B, and C, we believe that Hashem is in control. We place our security and faith in Hashem and remember that we're loved by Hashem. That gives us so much strength to face whatever difficulty that we might be going through and are going through. Number four, all of this is around Eretz Yisrael, the land of Israel, our holy land. Our land, the land that was given to us by Hashem. In the Torah portions that we're reading this week, it's all about how Hashem promises that Israel is going to be our land forever. In Parshas Lech Lecha, we, we just read, Hashem promises Avraham, our first of, the, our, of our forefathers, Lezaracha Nasati Yisaretz, I've given this land to your children, which is us. In this week's parsha, Avram Avinu goes and buys the first plot of Eretz Yisrael, Chevron. He buys it for his wife Sarah's burial, and ultimately it's the burial of all of our Ovis and almost all of our Imahis. A little later in the parsha, Yaakov buys another part of Eretz Yisrael, Shechem. And later as we go on, Yoshua brings the Jewish people into Eretz Yisrael, David HaMelech buys the plot for the Beis HaMikdash. Eretz Yisrael is our holy land, but it's not just any place. The Pasuk says in the Torah, Eras asher eine Hashem ba That though Hashem looks over the entire world and the entire creation and all of the universe constantly, there's one place that Hashem's eyes are constantly gazing at. Very, very directly. And that's Eretz Yisrael. And the Torah says that. It's the land where the divine providence is most acute and most constant in every second, Hashem is looking at Eretz Yisrael. So if we have to be anywhere, if trouble is anywhere and we're looking for security and safety, we can be sure it's in the land of Eretz Yisrael. In these last 70 years especially, we've seen the miracles of Hashem in Eretz Yisrael. We're surrounded by enemies from every side that are so much bigger than us in number, in space, geographically, and yet Klal Yisrael time and time again has successfully overcome, been victorious over their enemies, and no doubt this time again, Be'ezra Hashem very soon, and in a very beautiful way. I just want to share, it was in 2006, I have this chus, I have the merit of spending two months a year in Eretz Yisrael, every summer, I teach there in the summers, and it was in 2006, I was middle of class actually in Sfas, and missiles started falling, they were then being coming, it was called the Lebanon War, Second Lebanon War. Hundreds and hundreds of missiles fell in Sfas throughout that summer. That was before there was even Iron Dome. Nobody was hurt. It was like there was a divine hand moving them away. People were being saved miraculously. I had two students in class who came to class. They were shaken. 
They said what happened, they were, they were running to their home and the sirens rang, and, but instead of going to their house, they saw someone struggling with a child, a mother, so they went to help the mother and their home took a direct hit. And they were saved just miraculously. Uh, Friday night, there was two shuls that came together to do a minion together because people weren't going out that Friday night. So the other shul took a direct hit. It was just like watching the miracles unfold day after day. That's Eretz Yisrael, a place of divine protection, a place of miracles. And God willing, we see them and will continue to see them, especially in Eretz Yisrael. That was number four. The test is at the end, right? <laughs> number five. What's our greatest power as Klal Yisrael? Is unity. Is coming together. This last month, as difficult as it's been, has also been a month of tremendous Jewish unity. Before the war that broke out a month ago, there was a tremendous amount of division amongst Jewish people, especially in Eretz Yisrael. Jewish people sometimes are divisive because we have minds and we think differently and we're loud about our opinions many times and sometimes we argue and arguing is fine as long as it's respectfully and with a feeling of family and unity. Just like a parent is happiest when the children get along together, Hashem is happiest and gives us his brachas mo most when we have that sense of unity. And today we have that sense of unity. It's up to us to make sure to hold on to it, to keep to it, and recognize that yes, argument is, is part of life and is normal and is healthy, but it always has to be based on the achdus, the oneness. And that oneness, that unity is a source for divine blessing. We say in davening, Barcheinu avinu kulanu ke'echad. We ask Hashem to bless us, kulanu ke'echad, because we're like one. We treat each other like brothers and like sisters, and that becomes a keli, a vessel for divine blessing as well. So that's something to focus on, to see to it, that this unity that we feel today with all of Klal Yisrael is something we hold on to long after the victory and long after everything works out to remember that's where our power lies. So to summarize what we dealt with so far, we talked about emuna, we talked about belief, we talked about bitachon, which is faith. We talked about love, being loved by Hashem and feeling that love. We talked about the power of the land of Eretz Yisrael and we talked about unity. Two more points. It's a time of war. The Jewish people are at war, not just the Jewish people in the land of Eretz Yisrael. We're one family, so we're all at war. But the question is, if we're all at war, how could we be at war? We're not there, and we're not soldiers, and we're not carrying what the soldiers have to. How are we at war? And the answer is, a war doesn't just require frontline soldiers. There's a lot of background, a lot of people, and a lot of things that have to come together in order to fight a war. The Gemara says something fascinating. The greatest warrior of the Jewish people was David HaMelech, King David. And the Gemara says that David himself didn't go to the battlefield. It was Yoav, his general, that went to the battlefield. Says the Gemara, how, did they, how were they victorious in war? It was a partnership. Yoav went to the battlefield. David said to Hillam, and David learned Torah. It was David's Tehillim and David's Torah that gave the ability, that gave the merit, that gave the schus for Yoav to be successful in battle. And it was together. David could only be successful in saying Tehillim if the general was out on the front lines. The general could only be successful in battle if David HaMalach was saying Tehillim. 
War is fought on very many different levels. There are the brave, wonderful soldiers who have to go out to the front lines, and we think about them constantly. At the same time, we can help them by adding in the spiritual ammunition, by adding a mitzvah, a good deed, by learning more Torah, by putting on tefillin for a man and helping another man put on tefillin, giving, offering them to do so. For a woman to light the Shabbos candles, we give more tzedakah, we say more tehillim, we daven with more intensity. All of those are part of our taking part in that battle. And we become part of this war together for Klal Yisrael. So it becomes a partnership. There's, there are those who are on the battlefield and there are those who are on the back but they're saying to Hillen, and they're giving tzedakah, and they're putting on tefillin, and they're praying with greater intensity, and they become partners in the war that all of us have to fight today, until we'll be victor victorious very quickly, God willing. And finally, number seven, if we're at war, we have to be soldiers. And what's unique about a soldier? There's so many things about a soldier, but perhaps one of the most telling is a soldier must follow the commands. Sometimes a soldier understands why they have to do something that the commander is saying. Sometimes the soldier feels maybe the commander is making a mistake. But if one is at war and one is a soldier, they had better follow the commands exactly as they're being told, whether the soldier understands or doesn't or thinks differently. And the same is with us being soldiers of Hashem and being, being soldiers in this war by in the spiritual side of things, of the mitzvahs that we do and the Torah that we learn. Sometimes we're, we understand a mitzvah more, it makes more sense to us, and sometimes it makes less. Sometimes we're more in the mood and sometimes less. To be a soldier means to follow that command. And I want to share a story. There's a great Rav in, in Milwaukee, next door, Rav Tversky, Rav Michal, Rav Michal Tversky, and he said the following story. By the Kosel, there is the tefillin stand, which the Rebbe instituted after one of the wars of Israel, where they offer people who come down to put on tefillin. One day a person came down, and he was, clearly he didn't look like an observant Jew, so the young man behind the tefillin stand approached him and said, Adoni Sir, would you like to put on tefillin? And the person started screaming, no, I don't want to, and it's none of your business, and how could you ask me? He said, okay, fine, shalom, have a good day. Sometime later, again, this man came to the Kosel, and again he was approached, and again he really lashed out at them and said, you can't ask me, I'll check you now, I'll go to the police. They said, okay. They put him on the do not ask to fill in list. <laughs> Sometime later, he came again. And this time, there was another guy who wasn't usually by the stand. He didn't know the rules. He didn't know you're not supposed to ask this gentleman. He walked over to him and says, Would you like to put on tefillin? And the guy said, I already told you guys. I'm going to shut you down. I'm going to go to the authorities. And this is harassment. And he finished. He finished his tirade. And the young man looks at him and says, He says, Sir, I recognize you. He says, Really? He says, You were a commander in the army, in the Israeli army, were you not? I said, I was. How do you know? He says, well, I was a soldier who worked under you. And in one of the wars of Israel, we were in heavy fighting, and you gave the command to our group of soldiers to take a certain hill. And that hill had big guns on the top, and they were shooting down at us, and you said, we've got to storm the hill and take it. And my colleague, the soldier next to me said, he said, this commander is crazy. We're all going to be killed charging up a hill where they're shooting down at us. And I turned to my friend and I said, you could be right, but he's our commander. It's war. 
It's not our place to ask questions. We follow what we've been told. And we charged the mountain, and we took the mountain, and people did die. But that's what the commander said. The young man turns to the commander, and he says, and now we're by the Kosel, and here the commander is Hashem. And Hashem told us to put on tefillin. It's not our place to ask questions, to understand. Would you like to put on tefillin? He pulled up a sleeve. He says, in Hebrew, nitzachta uti. Okay, I'll put on the tefillin. To be a soldier means to follow the commands. And if we're going to be soldiers, Hashem's soldiers, and the soldiers that are the spiritual backbone of our soldiers on the front line in Eretz Yisrael, it also means to do what Hashem wants from us. Sometimes we understand, sometimes we don't, but to do it like a soldier. And that would be the seventh point that I would want to remember in these days of war. So to very quickly review, we talked about emuna, remembering always everything comes from Hashem. We talked about putting our security only in Hashem. We talked about feeling loved by Hashem, recognizing that Hashem loves us and always will and will protect us. We talked about the special nature of Eretz Yisrael, Hashem's holy land that He watches over and protects. We talked about the gift of Jewish unity, something that we have to hold on to very tightly and dearly. We talked about the recognition that war is fought on different levels and we're all part of the war by doing what we can to give them what they need to be victorious. And we talked about being soldiers, of doing what Hashem wants like a soldier and in that way bringing down the needed bracha. I'll conclude with the fact it's written in, in the Medrash writes, in a time of war especially is when we remember and we uh, prepare ourselves for the coming of Mashiach Tzedkenu, the coming of the Gula, of the final redemption. We know that everything in Hashem's world is part of a plan. And the plan of creation is meant to finish, or to come to its completion, its fruition, with the great redemption, with the coming of Mashiach Tzedkenu. These difficult moments, we know the Rebbe has told us, many tzaddikim have told us, that we're at the footsteps of the coming of Mashiach. We're confident that these difficult moments will be the last difficult moments of Golos, of exile, and very quickly, very soon, surprisingly quickly, just like this war came to us as a complete surprise, a complete shock, no one was expecting, and suddenly in one minute we're in war, in the very same way, and even more so, suddenly in one minute we'll be in Geula, we'll be in a state of full redemption, complete redemption for everyone and everything that they need personally, redemption for those who are captives today, health, and only bracha and refuah for everyone that needs, and the, and the full collective redemption with the coming of Mashiach Sekenu may it be speedily, may it be today. Amen. Thank you very much.